Thank you for downloading the sermon podcast of Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. Enjoy the message. I, for some reason, typically like to read through the whole text before we start, and so we're going to try to get through six. So I'm going to read through all of six, if you don't mind. So don't fall asleep. When man began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as their wives any they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward. When the sons of God came in to the daughters of man, and they bore children to them, these were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God, and Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits, its breadth, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and set the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For behold, I will bring a flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh, in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind, two of every sort shall come into you to keep them alive. Also take with you every sort of food that is eaten and stored up. It shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this, he did all that the God, that God commanded him. So... What stands out? Um, what uh, what questions are formulated in your mind as we read through that? What kind of things are you guys thinking as we read through that? You know the you, I I listen to the podcast. All right, so I know you guys just <laughs> chirping. Don't don't. Don't be any different. Who, who are the sons of God? Okay. Who are the sons of God? <laughs> I'll, I'll give you my opinion. Uh, 
there's differing ones. Um, generally, that phrase always refers to angels. Okay, we'll come back to that. So Anything else? That's my yeah. opinion. Yeah, and it's mentioned right in conjunction. The next sentence is Nephilim and the land. Yeah. <clears throat> Who are the Nephilim? I have giants. That's what I can translate to that. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? So all, all the questions are right in the front. All right. We'll just finish. What? Oh, you got one? Um, I'm looking. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that they said that they were the mighty men who were of old, even of the now. It sounds like good, you know? Yeah. Or, or it seems to me that they've been established much longer, I guess, I would say. That's <clears throat> the way it kind of sounds to me. Like yeah. From All right. So let's go up to verse 1 and start down. Um, when men began to multiply, you guys, uh, you guys were in the beginning of Genesis recently. Do you guys recall anything about multiplying? It was a command. Yeah, it was the first command, right? It was um, in, two, in uh, chapter 1, verse 28, the first thing that the Lord says to man after he makes him is, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and so on forth and so on. Um, so, but this, that sounded like a positive kind of like, go get him, this is what I'm commanding you to do in terms of, I've made creation, I've established an order to it, I want you guys to go, take care of it, so to speak, or steward over it. But this doesn't, as we go forth, and it talks about, then it goes into the wickedness of man, and it's almost like this multiplication is not so positive. Um, you know, and I, I kind of wrote down here, it's almost like they're partially fulfilling the commandment, because I feel like a big part of that commandment was like the subduing does it make sense? Like, yeah, multiply, but also, like, have control over it. Like, um, don't let it control you, so to speak. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Um, so, just maybe a... I wouldn't, you know, write home about it, but it almost seems like they're partially fulfilling it, and then through that partial, they're they're kind of the flesh of the world, so to speak, is rising up and, and really causing a, a bad turn of events. Um, now, a couple times Noah and the days of Noah is mentioned in, in the New Testament. you guys recall any of those? I do. You do? Which one do you recall? It's uh, Matthew 24. Matthew 24. What's that say? It saith. In the days of Noah. Well, it says more than that. <laughs> it says, As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming 
of the Son of Man. Yeah, so, what? Now, when Jesus is talking about Noah, why is he? Why? What is he using this like kind of historical account of Noah to describe or uh, illustrate? They had no thought that judgment was coming. Yeah, the world around them, around Noah, did not have any clue. Okay. Or expectation of it. So that's the first level. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's more there. I would. I know you're going to get back to it. I was one of those people that there's no way that sons of God were angels having kids was. I'm more leaning towards that now after mm-hmm. hearing more stuff. So it could be the first level is is the they're living as if judgment isn't coming, and there's other levels that. As in the days of Noah, the corruptness that existed there is being is going to show itself again before the end. Okay, I'm excited to hear more about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I agree. It's almost like there's this, and you'll see it when we go through First uh, and Second Peter as well. Almost every time the Genesis account of Noah is brought into the New Testament. It's referring to this idea that at the, at the time where Jesus is about to come back, people don't even realize it's going to happen, and they're just, it starts raining, and they're like, oh no, this is bad. You know, this is a bad situation because I heard this was coming, and I didn't believe it, and now I'm in for it. Um, so that's, you know, and that's a, just a really just foundational first level kind of way to interpret as we read now, as we have that perspective on Noah and it's pointing to the future, so to speak, we can start to grasp more stuff from that. Um, so let's talk about, um, uh, going down in the verse two, the sons of God, saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as their wives any they chose. Alright, so this sons of God, Baron, why do you think it's talking about angelic beings? That terminology is, it's the only other, um, Adam is the son of God, and anywhere else you see it, it's always referring to angels. What do you mean Adam was the son of God? Adam was the son of God. Yeah. He was a direct creation of God. Okay. And even us, if we're born again, we're a direct creation of God. So and is, angels are a direct creation of God. So was Adam an angel? Was Adam an angel? No. But the the term that term Bene Elohim in the Old Testament always refers to angels. And where is that at? Job chapter one. Verse 6, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan was also among them. Also in chapter 2, verse 1, again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. Satan is an angel, though fallen, but being grouped within that group, the sons of God, to me, I agree with Baron, they're angels. Yeah, or all, some form of angelic being. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then, if you look in Jude... Ooh, let's see that. This is New Testament. Jude, verse 6. 
only one chapter, so it's just Sorry. verse 6. The book of Jude, verse 6. The paragraph of Jude, verse 6. <laughs> um, Go ahead, sir. Uh, here's King James. Um, and the angels which kept not their first, ha- first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness, under the judgment of the great day. So there, that word habitation, oikaterian, pronouncing it correctly um, that's what we aspire to the glorious body that we'll get that's the word for what we want, want to be mm-hmm. they're leaving that to like go like be with women mm-hmm. sorry for the yeah. flippant it's okay <laughs> All right. but, but yeah they, they abandoned their that whatever existence Compromised, I guess, to come down to this and to be with women. And a, and a companion verse with that, that 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 that's what I believe. That there's no way that there's no way that angels and and humans can get together and have kids. Because the verse that I was always sitting on was Matthew um, Matthew 22. The whole question about divorce. Uh-huh. Who's, whose wife will this woman be after she dies? Uh-huh. And Jesus says, um, you know, for in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels, but are like the angels in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So yeah. those angels, when angels are in heaven, they don't marry and get married right. and they don't have mm-hmm. procreate. Yeah. Right. These ones left that mm-hmm. station mm-hmm. and therefore their, phys- their, their essence changed so that they actually mm-hmm. could manifest it. Yeah, yeah, could procreate with human beings. That, yeah. That's where we're on leaning now, just because everything I think else needs to line up. Does that make sense to everyone, what he's talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what, I wish I could find it or think of what it is now, but I did hear, in a teaching, it may have been John MacArthur pointed out, there is a, there is a piece of scripture, a line in scripture, that a verse that said, mm-hmm. that talks about the way that they step out of their angelic being to make that choice, to do that. So... That's, they choose to come out of that state to come meet with human females. Okay. And I guess the question would be raised, well, why did they do that? And I guess <laughs> the answer that I would get is they were trying to destroy the messianic line mm-hmm. so that the Messiah couldn't be born. You guys are jumping ahead too much. Anyway. <laughs> we never do that here. Never. Yeah. Are we done? We're horrible. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay, so let's let's all let's wrap all that up. That's really good stuff. Um, you know, just Job one six and two one. The, the really the main ones. It's also in chapter thirty eight seven. Um, all these times that these sons of God, Ben Elohim, are presented. It's in the heavenly realm. All right, it's before the Lord in the heavenly realm. Satan says Satan's also there. He says, where have you come from? I'm from the, I come from the earth. Okay, so you see, it's not. <laughs> um, so, you guys can see that hopefully that, that really clearly speaks of this, this very um, distinct verbiage, um, Ben Elohim, is what's being used here when it talks about sons of God. And so we can kind of concur that the sons of God here are these kind of, angelic beings that have chosen to, to disregard their their role and their uh, habitation in heaven and have come down and starting to
choose or take wives for themselves that are human human women. All right. That's what it means by daughters of men. Mm-hmm. All right. We like it. Is it possible? Okay. We're talking about the descendants of Cain intermarrying with the descendants, say, of Seth. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably that's the, a traditional that's, that's, teaching. Yeah. Yeah, that's the alternative. I would say that's that's possible, but you can't clearly determine that from the rest of the scripture. Can and the you? fact that you have Nephilim brought up the very next verse, it mm-hmm. kind of casts doubt the fact that, well, who's Cain? He's a man. Cain's descendants are human, breeding of humans. They're not going <coughs> to make whoever these Nephilim are. Mm-hmm. What doesn't your version say giants? Yeah. yeah. Which is a misinterpretation, actually. Yes. Which we, we, if we also want to do that, if we want to go that way with it, the, the flood should ex- yes. get rid of all of that, right? It should have. And it should have. And so, and really? it, you can see that even, um, uh, where is that? And they were in the land and then elsewhere. And then also sure. afterward, okay? So, despite the flood destroying all other lines, um, everything that had breath of life in it. Yeah. Except for Noah and his family. So if it was human, it wouldn't have existed. Yeah, the word nafal means fallen ones. Mm-hmm. So, so they happen to be giants. I it was earthborn. Is it earthborn? I thought it was fallen. I heard fallen. Okay. Purple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going green today. Well, the, the aspect of the before and after fall, then I'll throw this one in there. It, it brings up the whole the whole thing of how many times did angels fall? Right. So was there a group that went with Satan the first time, and then there was the flood, and then they said, okay, you know, some more more of them decided to go and Why leave their just state. Why can't the same ones? I think it's the same ones. Oh, oh you think? Just, they're, all, they're just fallen. You think they got rid of them in the flood? Is that what you're saying? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what No, they're, I think they're, they're just fallen. Yeah. Right, so, but you got to remember, though, that they're you've got, you've got Ben Elohim, the sons of God, are angels. Nephilim are not angels. Nephilim no, they're not. They're the combination yeah. of the okay. angels. Right, so there's none of them left. So you're, you're thinking the fallen angels uh, are around four. afterwards, after the flood. After the flood? Start again. Well, but I think but I think Jude yeah. said that they were in prison. Yes. So those ones weren't around. They're still around. They're just in prison. Yeah, so they couldn't... When, the well, flood. when were they in prison? doesn't really say that. So <laughs> were all of them in prison? <laughs> Satan wasn't. No, but did he, did he pr- pursue... The human lady. So maybe a cohort decided to try again. Let's put it that way. Maybe Ralph the Fallen Angel. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's, let's uh, get back. Come on. So an interesting, there was an interesting teaching that I heard one time about. That we have these record of dinosaurs. And we have what I've perceived to be as proof that men walked among dinosaurs and actually hunted the things, too. Um, but there were dinosaurs that that were different, that were like killers and man-eaters and crazy, you know, like we watched Jurassic Park, raptors and whatever. Um, But there was a a teaching that I heard one time that this wasn't actually a physical relationship, but a genetic genetic manipulation Hmm. that possibly made these offspring of these giants, who which also might have been used in other ways to make monsters, mm-hmm. other kinds of monsters, mm-hmm. which I don't know how no. true that is. Yeah. I thought it was a cool idea, mm-hmm. 
Um, which brings up the whole thing: is it as in the days of Noah? Is that that stuff is happening again? Only right. you know, men are doing science, right? And we're genetically engineering mm -hmm. things. And I can tell you, you know, I, the stuff that you say on TV is crazy. Mm -hmm. It's not really that bad. But they're getting to the point where they can do stuff. Mm -hmm. Where are they getting mm -hmm. these ideas to mm -hmm. mix a pick an animal with another animal? Mm -hmm. Now, a goat making silk in its in its milk. So you can get lots of silk and do things with it. That's great. But if it gets if it gets crazy like that, and they start putting human genes in pigs or vice yeah. versa, right? And it goes back to that same idea where is that they, the, the idea of or the the goal of what the fallen ones would want is to mm -hmm. destroy the human line because right. through yeah. the human line comes the Messiah right. and the salvation of yes. all mankind. Right. So to genetically ma manipulate right. the the code. Mm -hmm. Of what is actually human and what is not. Interesting. Like I, I don't know how that. I'm not smart enough to think this stuff out. And so some people even proposing that that's how the that's the mark of the beast is going mm -hmm. to be because it says basically if you get the mark of the beast, there's no redemption. Yeah. Well, only humans can be redeemed. So now you've tweaked their DNA, hmm. whether that's coming through a virus or you know. So, now that we've sufficiently scared everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds a little more realistic. It, it, it was a weird time before Noah's yeah. flood happened. Yeah. Yeah, you know, weird it's, time it's now. another level of this as in the days of Noah. Mm -hmm. mm. And we see how it's it's escalating into verse five in our own present day. Yeah. Yeah. So let's throw out a question uh, to <laughs> hopefully draw people away from the crazy. Um <laughs> How how is t these days similar to the days of Noah? Violence. Violence yes. everywhere. Sexual immorality. Idolatry. People are figuring out ways to do anything they can think of after the imagination of their own hearts. Okay. You know, I think you see in the New Testament, Second Peter and other places, this idea that people mocked the idea that judgment was coming. Mm -hmm. I think we see that on a grand scale. Mm. How about population? Oh. Yes. A lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of people. <laughs> it's getting bigger. Yeah. Right? It, Even some countries are trying to control that. Mm -hmm. I saw that, uh, I don't have the dates exactly right, but like the world's population reached 1 billion in somewhere around 1860. Yeah. Yeah, like, and then it took like another 70 years to hit 2 billion. And then it took like 20 years to hit three, and then like 10 more years to hit four, and you know that sort of thing. Could I share some numbers yes, I ran? Man. I was excited <laughs> about this. So we talked about how many kids these people had living, you know, 900 years. All right, so listen to this. Now, I'm being very conservative. So if the average person had one child every 50 years. Every 50 years? Yeah, just one. By this time up here, okay. Bible time. Okay. All right, so hear me. One child every 50 years, beginning at the age of 50 and ending at the age of 850. Remember, they lived to 905. They would have 17 children in their life. That's very conservative, wouldn't you agree? I would agree. Okay. And then each of their kids followed that same pattern, having 17 kids starting at 50 years and so on. By the end of the second generation, there'd be 289 kids. By the end of the third, 4,913 people on the earth. By the end of the fourth, 83,000, roughly. By the end of the fifth, 1,419,000. The sixth, 24 million. 
the seventh, 410 million. By the end of the eighth generation, there would be just about 7 billion. By the end of the next one, I guess that's the ninth, 118 billion. And by Noah's generation, there would be a, num a word I never heard of before. It follows trillion, two quadrillion people on the earth. Yeah, I forgot the death part. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they wouldn't die because they live 900 years, yeah, right? Thing, yeah, but but still be people could yeah. die, though. Nobody's dying. <laughs> no death. Break <laughs> right. it back down to just a trillion. Yeah. Or a quadrillion. It's a smaller. No, I'm just saying take No, I'm not. I'm not going there with you. I want I want a quad I want that word in there. Quadrillion is a big okay, No, wait a minute, you gotta do the other calculation. Is there enough surface on the planet of the earth to hold that many yes. people? Well they say Walkers. that there's enough surface on the planet the planet of the earth right now that every single person alive could have one square mile. Of property okay, so to themselves. That's seven billion. If you lived in Antarctica. I don't know how true that is. Two quadrillion. Only two. That's a lot of space. That's a million times. A square mile is huge. You figure what's Philly? Two square miles? I don't know. I mean, it, that's huge. Well, I mean, I, I meant yes. You could physically stand on your piece of land, but are you going to be able to eat? There's no place to plant. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. In the late nineties, I read that. Everybody had a square foot. This is just to show how many. If everybody in the world had square foot to stand on, that they would take up the area of Jacksonville, Florida. Well, the whole world. Just the city. Right. Of Jacksonville. That's a big city, though. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, it's not Florida. It's not Florida. <laughs> I know. I know. I agree. Um, anyway, that's well, a lot of people. You. That is a lot of people. Yeah. But thank nobody you. was saying there were that many yeah. quadrillion people, though, right? Yeah. Just yeah. Greg. I heard an estimate that it was somewhere around seven billion, and it's somewhere close to where we're at now. I don't know how true that is or where they got those numbers. <laughs> we could probably agree there was a lot of people. Well, he said there's a lot, right? Yeah. Yes. Multiply. And people did die. Anyway, this is this is good. All right. Um, you asked for it, Will. I know. I did not ask for it. I asked Greg to keep going into six. He didn't do it. You're doing good. Um. I do want to make a note about, uh, and they took as their wives any they chose. It doesn't seem like it's a very cordial engagement going on. It seems like it's, uh, yeah, very demonic in nature, very much an act of sexual immorality to... Well, you remember how the cavemen did it, just to go get the club? <laughs> okay. Drag her up. Drag her away. Um, this regardless, this isn't, this isn't a picture of sacrificial love like you see in marriage. We're just going to avoid the caveman comment. Okay. Uh, let's go on to the Nephilim. Can I ask a question about verse 3 before you go on to verse 4? Oh, sorry. oh, yeah, I do have verse 3 right here. Okay, then sorry. no question. Go ahead. You have a question. What's it mean? <laughs> um, it says, Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever. Uh, for he is flesh, his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Or with, shall not contend with. Or strive with. Uh, all good, all, I think all good words. I think striving seems to me like it fits the best. Um, I, well, at first, first of all, it's, this indicates that the Lord was like striving, the Spirit was striving with the people. And I feel like that's his nature, like, he desires none shall perish, then mm -hmm. all would come to repentance. And so it, it very much, that affirms that 
his spirit would strive, but as people turn away, he's still a righteous God, and he cannot be in uh, the presence of sin, and so at some point, he's going to just almost drop the hammer, but in a loving way, in in like a, in a way that is empathetic towards those that he has to judge. Um... Do we know how long it took Noah to build the ark? 100 well, years. 120 years. 120 years. Because that's where I was thinking. His days shall be 120 years. Does that mean, is that how old people will be from now on? No, 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 or no. is that to the, the flood? Abraham's older than that. Yes. Well, well, that's what I was thinking, that it was towards the time of the flood. Yeah. From where we were talking. So basically he's saying but I couldn't find the date or the time it took Noah to build. Well seven six says Noah was six hundred years old when the flood came. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the last verse of the last verse of chapter five says he was five hundred. Now that doesn't necessarily mean they they can overlap some. It's not like a chronological order to Right, because it says at five hundred he had these kids uh, and then it came to that. So you, so you took it as mercy. I took it as he's up to here. He's had, he's had enough, and he can't stand. He stands no more. Can't stands no more. So basically, he was saying, you know, my, I'm not going to strive with these guys forever. They're go, they're going over the edge. I give them 120 years. Yeah. Right. We can Our figure it out. Got shorter, what can we, we figure can out? Figure out the years, though. How? Because we know when no, we know the timeline that how old Noah's dad was when he was born. Right, and with your little time things, oh, you can do your Methuselah, and all that. Figure it out. Um, <laughs> you know, everyone know who, but Lamech, right? That's Noah's father. Seven, seven, seven. He begot Noah. Let's see. This guy? Yeah. You, want, you want it? You want me to do it? Okay. I don't know. Anyway, while you're doing, Jay's gonna do that. We're gonna talk. Continue to talk about. Uh, what do you guys think? You know, Mark says, it, I'm up to here. You guys are idiots for doing what you're doing. Um, you guys have 120 years and then you're gone. Or um, what I was saying is I feel like it's more like he's saying, listen, I can't, I can't, I can't go with you and continue to show you and show you and show you and you keep turning away. Um, and because of my nature of holiness and my nature of righteousness, uh, I will have to judge this. Um, and he starts over. Like in Romans 1, he turns them over. Yeah, he turns them over, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who is God speaking to in that verse? It says, the Lord said. Is he speaking to Noah? Um... Well, you had to speak to know at some point because it wouldn't have gotten written down. Well, we have evidence in the Bible that he counsels with himself. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And that's what gives him... Because that's that's what proof Jesus gave when when they said, well... Who, who, who do you represent? Where you where you come from? He said, "Well, I come from my father. My father comes from me, and that's the evidence that I am who I say I am. It's not because I said it; it's because my father said it. But because my father said me, sent me, I can say, hey, it's me, because my father bears witness of me, and the Spirit bears witness of me also. So it's, I think it's kind of a 
Yeah, even in Genesis 1, when he's creating man, he says, let us make man, you know, he's talking to himself then. Um, And even in verse 7, it says, so the Lord said, and he really doesn't give a, I don't, you know. um, You know, it just sort of sounds to me like he's saying, like, you know, I'm I'm striving with man, I'm trying, but man's made of flesh, and eventually he's going to die. So, you know, I can only do what I can do, in a way, like... So he's basically saying, you know, if everybody lives in 900 years, we're in big, big trouble. Because it's going to go to, it's going to go to gazillions yeah. of corrupt. Yeah. And yeah. overrunning and not making yeah. the dominion like they were supposed to. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll definitely see that, you know, even right after this when he talks about how it grieves his heart. And I think that's evidence again towards his empathetic discipline. Toward, like, mm-hmm. when I'm parenting... I can tell if my parenting is by the flesh or by the spirit mm-hmm. because if I'm empathetic and I and I have to discipline but I do it with like or almost a remorse of like I wish I didn't have to do this. I don't desire that you would walk this way, but this is the right thing to do. That's I feel like good learning opportunities for the children, but if it's come here so I can whoop you up, you know, that is, that is clearly, um, not, that's clearly by the flesh, and so I think that same desire, um, you know, is, is present here, and then solidified later in verse 6 and 7, um, any question about that, good, great, did I answer your question? Yeah. (laughs) The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came and the daughters of man and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were the, of old, the men of renown. Alright, Nephilim or giants. Also mentioned in Numbers 1333, uh, sons of Anak. Anak? We'll say Anak. Um, and then there's also other tribes of giants talked about. Um, I don't think they were specifically like Emim and what's that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, and that's multiple. That you know, four or five other tribes that also have reference to being giants. Um, Goliath and his four brothers, obviously. Um, but and the word giants, so they were giants, but that's not what the word is. This is the word Nephilim. The word was, oh, how's this work? Greek, Latin, something, something. It got mistranslated. It looks like giants. It's like gigantes, but that's not the root word means earthborn. Right. Really? So it doesn't. But they were big. Obviously, yeah. they were yeah. big because they were men of renown, warrior types. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think that means big, or do you think that means like Hercules? Well, I think big, big, I, I know it's a crazy really, idea, like, but I think that all legend is has its roots in something real. Sure. Well, people say that the legends are talking about people that are thirty-six feet tall. That seems right. crazy to that, us. Uh-huh. A giant to us is seven or eight feet tall. Mm-hmm. How big was? Well, uh, what's his name? The Goliath. Goliath? Yeah. Nine. Nine. Nine, nine, nine foot nine. Yeah, I mean, there's archaeological evidence of mm-hmm. twelve footers. You know what I mean? Thirteen. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, his bed was 15, was 15 feet long. Yeah. Feet long yeah. His bed. So, the big guy. You know, um, and, <laughs> and we Micah. 
and we <laughs> and we kind of went through this that uh, more evidence that this was more demonic rather than human was they're on the other side of the flood when it says also afterward and then obviously in Numbers and Deuteronomy I believe um, where other tribes are mentioned that are giants they're all all these people Nephilim or otherwise are enemies of the Israelites trying to pollute or destroy the the line the line to the Messiah pollute's a really good word thank you <laughs> um, you know and I I like thinking through it I like kind of hearing the different sides on who are these people why aren't they around now all that type of but I think the really the the biggest factor we can take away is you know throughout scripture especially as we get into the New Testament in 1 Peter 3:19 it's talking about the days of Noah and it corresponds it to baptism that as the flood came right Noah made it through the the cleansing wrath so to speak and is on the other side um, and here on the other side of the flood as we see later these enemies will still be there and so even as we kind of come to Christ surrender our life um, desire to walk with him that doesn't make those enemies from before necessarily go away Does that make sense I think that's like that's just kind of what I um, said okay I'll, I'll take that and chew on that um, I think. So here's the question: Be then, why did God, why did why did God kill all the people instead of just getting rid of the bad angels that were causing the problem? Or I put it this way: that were causing the problem. Well, I, I would, just put that out. I'll yeah, put that out no. rhetorically. Okay. Anyone? I think verse five answers that: that the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart. Was only evil. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, but the, the Nephilim and the fallen angels, the devil made them do it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. The guy never excuse that he was a. Yeah. Uh, just a thought: um, the corruption of the human genome. You Nephilim can't be saved. Right. They're crossed. They're half-breed. Redemptive. Yeah, an angel can't be redeemed, and if it's an offspring of an angel. If the whole earth is filled with these genetic mutations that aren't human, you wipe out the human race, Satan wins. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but I think he's asking, why didn't he just deal with the angels and not... And not have it all... I don't know. Yeah. I would say that it's probably not just a Nephilim issue. It's just I, like... I think because there to be, if there was none of that, then there would be no choice. And God wants us to have a choice because if he if he had programmed us all to just love God, that's all we can do. Mm. What kind of love is that? Well, no, I was saying just get but, rid of the, get Right, rid of yeah, the but influence. I mean, that's what I mean. But if that bad influence isn't there. Sure. Well, if the bad influence is there, he doesn't say, the Lord saw the wickedness of men and the angels that were inciting them. It says he saw the wickedness of man that was yeah. right. in the earth. Yeah. Right. So much bigger the devil than, didn't make him do it. Yeah, much bigger than the devil making him do it or the enemy or the Nephilim is our flesh and that's what's corrupt and you can even see when we get to chapter 9 
and right off the boat, uh, Noah's getting drunk, and mm. like the the heart didn't change. You know, it's still a heart issue, and so. Okay. I think yeah. he did. I don't think. <laughs> I didn't I think he, I never thought he did. But. Never thought he was. He, got, his he got, got cursed for it. Oh, you're thinking. Oh, no, they came in and did something. For oh. one, yeah. Okay, then they're the problem. Not no. You got to come that? back in two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Two weeks. Anyway. <laughs> We'll make it through. Anyway, okay. Um, okay, so at the very least, from all of this, we can all agree that there's tremendous sexual immorality happening at this point, and amongst the entire population, there's extreme wickedness, and the Lord is saying now, and we're going to judge this in 120 years. Agree? Good, let's go. What's that? The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of his thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals, and creeping things, and the birds of heavens. I'm sorry that I made them. Why? What's that? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Why the animals? Why the animals? Right. Ah, that's mm. what I was talking about, the genetic <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So there's, again, thinking that they all these all these weird animals that get described sometimes in the Bible, yeah. that the angels were also screwing around with the genetics of the animals yeah. and doing this crossbreeding kind of stuff going on. So... They were tainted as well. Get rid of it. All right. I went. With, I went a different way, but. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? I I could hang with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's certain, I mean, Bible doesn't flat out say that, but it certainly implies. What yeah. about this idea that that if there was two quadrillion people on the earth? See, it's catching on. <laughs> that idea. How many animals had reproduced in that time as well? Right. Now, if there was only eight people on the earth and billions of animals, I mean, would there be room? Would there be enough substance on this new, quote-unquote, earth with new vegetation and stuff to support that? Now, if there's all these animals and nothing to support them, now there's a bunch of corpses laying around. Granted, they were floating instead, but mm-hmm. um, at least they didn't have to there suffer. The fish left. The fish left, so there were a lot of fish food. That's all. The sea serpents. Yeah. <laughs> That's all feasible, and I don't think, um, I don't think, where I went detracts from that. I went more towards um, the the stepping process is the opposite of creation, right? Creates land, animals, man. Right, and then he talks about destroying man, animals, and then the land's going to be covered and drowned. And so, you know, it reverses creation. But I also think, to a point, God or the the men were given dominion or um, rule over creation. And when I say that, I mean animals and plants and all that. And there's no stewardship there, and the innocent underneath will suffer for the consequences of the leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the ground was cursed because of Adam. Yeah. Sin, so the animals are going to get because... Mm. So those poor little chipmunks. 
Bye bye, Alvin. So well, I, I, but I don't think those things detract from yeah, it either. No, How could you flood the earth and kill all the humans without killing the animals? So that's a good question too. But God could do it. He, if he really wanted them to live, he could figure it out. Uh, um, you know, I, before we leave this section and um, start talking about Noah and, and going into the ark, I wanted to, I felt like the Lord showed me something regarding like an interest in dichotomy of this passage as a whole. So I wrote down, at the fall, Satan implants or impregnates a lie into the woman, which produces a selfish desire that contradicts the Lord's desire. Uh, that desire, when it's conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death, like James 1.15 says. Um... Now, in the instance of the sons of God, they conceive with women and bring forth these giants who will ultimately be an enemy of the nation of Israel trying to destroy and pollute the line. And so, the instance, like, that's one half of it, right? Satan working in these different ways to pollute and bring forth death through planting, impregnating a daughter of man or a woman with this, and then the dichotomy of that is when the spirit implants or impregnates Mary with what would be life, the gift of salvation. And so, I just thought that was a cool um, kind of truth that we can see that the course of this world, according to the Prince of the Air, works completely different than the leading of the spirit, and uh, completely opposite to it. So, let's pose this, let's throw this question out. Why doesn't God just wipe us out now? All right, not using a flood because he didn't. He promised. <laughs> he promised he wouldn't use a flood again. But we can't be far off from the days of Noah. So, yeah. How many? How many years is it since Noah's flood? Today. Yeah, I mean, give or take. Well, Noah's flood was in four thousand, maybe forty-four hundred years or so. Yeah, something like that. Sixteen fifty. 1656 from year one. From year one. That's 36 something. So you can probably hear God up there saying, My spirit shall not abide forever. (laughs) Man is flesh. Mark's saying it's coming. Days of his name should be 36, whatever it is. Well, uh, my thought on that is, you know, his ultimate goal of creating man was for what? Fellowship, right? Mm -hmm. So that he would have someone who was like him who to love him and they could share this reciprocal relationship uh, this fellowship relationship um, that was tainted when sin came into the world now the goal it, it's not the best place where we're at but it's the best way to the best place sure. into that relationship again and moving through with his plan of salvation he is, he's got that going, and he wants everybody. He doesn't want just, you know, he doesn't want just pick certain, you know, I like you, you, and you. He wants everybody to come. If he destroyed us all now, and we went, and they went, like, it wouldn't be fair, I think, to, it wouldn't be fair as an option to those who don't believe. So, once, uh, leading up to the rapture, up to the rapture of the church, God is calling all men, calling all men, but it seems that after that point, 
God's direction seems to be back towards the nation of Israel to call them back home, call them back to himself. And in Hebrews it says that all, all of it, all Israel will be saved. So I think his whole ultimate goal is to get, get as many as he can in, or as many as he knows will come, and then draw his people back to himself. And if he just destroyed us all, that would ruin his plan, and he doesn't go back on his word. Well, I would just take the opposite side and say, yes, the last person that was elected has not been saved yet. That's why this end has not come. And that and all I, goes into what I was saying as well. Well, I guess in the sense of, I don't think it's really up to, uh, you know, I guess the gospel goes out as far as it goes out, but it isn't effectual except for the ones that I believe that God is predestined to be saved. Right, but all men have to know, you know, that that is call. That is a call. Like, that has to be an option. Because if it's not an option, if nobody ever told me about Jesus, no, no, it, you know, and if I never had any, any clue at all, right. and there was no, no opportunity, no chance, what kind of fairness is in that? Well, because I have to have the chance to reject it. Well, because the Bible is pretty clear that all of us deserve hell. Right. And God chose out of that group who he was going to have mercy on and who he wasn't going to have mercy on. And those people will hear the gospel, and God will enable them to respond to the gospel. Right. But those who won't respond will hear it as well. But those people were, whether you like the idea or not, were created to, for whatever purpose, some for glory, some for, some for honor, some for dishonor, some for judgment, some for mercy. Now, I know the- theologically, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I'd probably check that on a test. Um, but practically, I think we see somehow God enables both sovereignty and free will to somehow coincide and yet not contradict one another. God wills. I don't. I, I don't buy into this. God elected some for hell. Well, then you disagree with Romans chapter nine. Then I, I must disagree with Romans nine, then, or at least your interpretation of Romans nine. Because and God the, wills that no one would perish. That's a will of a feeling. Not, yeah. an absolute, not an absolute right. will. But it's not God's desire that anyone perish. Yeah, but so, that's desire. Right. That's a different thing than if he desired that none perish, then in an absolute sense, then none would. But, it's but just that's what like it says. This, he desires. And no but that goes back to the, I think you're over-interpreting what desire means. No, because I think there's free will and election <laughs> because we're, we're limiting ourselves to our minuscule but, perception. But even read the last verse here and what we have in, chapter, in, in Genesis. Out of these however many quadrillion people, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. God chose those Noah and his, his yeah, family to be saved. I'm not denying people. election. I'm saying it's not as it's not as cutthroat as a as a Calvinist or an Armenianist point of view. Our our limited perception we can't we don't know the full scope of what election or free will is. We can't we can't perceive it. We can't. In Ephesians, I am elected. I have been elect. Uh, in Ephesians, it tells me, Paul tells me that. You know, you've been elect before the before the foundation of the world, and the, by the uh, the ultimate foreknowledge of, of God in heavens. And then it, uh, in other places, Paul says, "Hey, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling." You know, like I, I have to balance that. I know that I'm elect. I, I believe like a Calvinist, but I want to live like an Arminianist. 
like I can. Right, like, and I'm not. I don't want to. But as far as people getting saved, I think that if someone who was, you know, as a as a five point <clears throat> hardcore Calvinist would say, who is not elect, if that person turned to Christ, would they be kept out? Well, see, they're not going to. So then. That's who, that, but that's that's elected. the hard thing. Who's the prime? Yeah, who's the that's prime the hard mover? thing. Who God is? is the prime mover. Right. Oh, absolutely. He, he's well, the he's one. the one that calls and he he stirs our hearts, but we have to respond to that. Yeah, Has he ever stirred someone's respond. heart who didn't respond? Ephesians two, as for you, you were dead in sin and trespasses in which you once lived. Mm-hmm. A dead person can't come out. A, can't, a dead person can't respond. God has to do that first work for you to even respond to the gospel call. Right. Right? We agree with that. And so you don't make any choice in saying, oh yeah, the gospel sounds good. Okay, God, make me alive so I can respond to it. Right. It's Salvation is of God from beginning to end, and we have nothing We have nothing in it. Now, once he makes you alive, then you can respond. But that doesn't happen because you make some decision or the gospel sounds good to you. God has to do that work. But I've seen the stirring in people's hearts, and, I, I'm not, the, and I've seen them deny. I can say from my own salvation experience, I heard, I heard the wooing, if you will. Oh yeah. But I knew I can I can say that there was absolutely, I couldn't respond to it unless God enabled me to do that. I, I agree with that, but I also say that, you know, I've I've talked to people. I, I have a close friend that I I talk to him a lot about it, and there's definitely a stirring in his heart. There's no move at all you know at the end of the day it, I don't know if it's just an emotional or maybe you know it, but I can't believe that God would say no he would move on this guy's heart to really be this into these conversations and then say ah no you weren't right you know so I'm not going to let you choose me because John 3 mean, says it was all men well, but I don't think Mark's saying that God says he doesn't choose people just that God is the one that does the work. Well, God is the one that He's does the work. He's saying Mark is it's a theological. It's the what you were saying Arminianism and Calvinism. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't so disagree just, with no. that. If someone wants to find out their life, they should believe that. and repent, mm-hmm. and then they'll be elect. Right. And some people are <laughs> not willing to go. They're not in that place yet. I guess. I guess like I the Lord push it. Call them, but they're I push not. it a little bit. I understand the the you know whosoever will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then right. chose before. Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. The two sides of the gate. Mm-hmm. I guess I push it a little bit farther the other way because the whosoever will, you're not even gonna, you're not even gonna hear it with your with spiritual ears to respond to it unless God has first done the work in your heart. Yeah, right. And we all agree with that. Yeah. Everyone was beckoned. So does that? I, I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not saying that that doesn't grieve God's heart. I'm not saying that His desire isn't that everyone would be saved. But we can't take that and throw it against the idea that He has to do the election and the right. saving, or or else nobody gets saved. Right. Because we are all bound over to sin, so that God can have mercy on those whom He has mercy on. But I have to and believe it, that God is a loving, a loving God who would offer everyone that initial stirring and then from what they would do with that. But like you said, some were created for honor and some to but dishonor. That, but this is, this is, I guess it gets all the way down to like the minutia here. Doesn't that leave just a little bit of room in your heart if, that, if, you, if you think that you made some little, you know, you, in, in your essence somehow you were a little bit stirred by God's calling 
that just gives you just a, you know, one percent of a percent of a percent of a of a piece of well, I chose. I chose. No. That to me is offensive because it's not. No, it doesn't though, because then they would have to make him take that lordship and and take that role as a, as a a spirit-filled Christian, and if they've never taken that role, if they've never accepted that, there has to be a stirring, right? We all, there has to be a right. stirring. That stirring comes from God. It, it also says, and where was that in Romans? Mm -hmm. That there, that there is, right, there's no excuse. Right. So, if there was never a stirring, then there was an excuse. So, if I get to heaven, there was never a stirring, God says not, I, don't, I never knew you. I said, well, how could I? You never stirred me. Well, because Romans 1 also talks about the whole, all of creation testifies that there's a God. Right, but that, that ha there has to be a stirring yeah, at every sunrise, at every baby that's born. Nobody, is, nobody has an excuse to say, I didn't know there was a God. I didn't know I was, you know, True. created. I didn't so know I was giant. under. So, that excuse... That I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just <laughs> thinking it's it, a little bit more involved than just, just a, a hard yeah. line and a hard wall. Can I just interrupt for a minute? I don't think Judy got a chance to finish before. I'm sorry. No, no, I just wanted to say that first, that, you know, about there being uh, God's attributes uh, being clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and God has, has said that they are without excuse. So just showing that hmm. even if even if you're not directly told, the evidence is right there. Mm -hmm. And so, I, so somebody says, somebody comes to me and says, "What about the, what about the, you know, the savage in Africa that never had the gospel?" Then they're I, looking for a loophole. Well, <laughs> yeah, a loophole. Uh, yeah, because they didn't really. The person usually is saying that is not saved, and they don't want to hear the gospel. Either. And what they're looking for exactly that but to I say, saying, "Hey, God well, how could unjust. I know?" He's perfectly just. Right. He's perfectly wise. Mm -hmm. They will, if they're going to be saved, because if He's ordained them salvation, they will be saved. Well, we can look at the, the. Dreams and Visions book. Right. God is just and sovereign. He will call them. So he's drawing them to people that will share the gospel. Let's agree on that. And I agree. <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminded me of my one friend. She doesn't believe that there is an afterlife or a God because she had, she said that at one point when I forget what happened to her, but she was, um, she was gone for a couple minutes, and when she came back, she said she didn't see anything. She just saw entire black. And because of that, there's no God. She doesn't believe at all. And I'm like, she's just going on that one instance mm -hmm. that she had, and that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just ask her why she's living like there is a God then. Well, I guess for me, that, that sets Noah, this whole story in context. Because you could say, if there was how many quadrillion it was. Two. And God saved two quadrillion, and God saved eight. You could look at that and say, God's not very fair, is he? For me, it's like, you know what? He set the whole thing up. Well, it's, how pure was the bloodline? It's pure he to do what he wants to do with it. Well, we, we said we were going to finish on the good part, all right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. That was well, good that part. Is a good part. I'm saying God gets the glory because God does the get show. the glory. It, he does, and he deserves the glory. So let's pray. <laughs> Father, uh, you know, you certainly... You're certainly good, you're certainly righteous, you're certainly loving, and even when it reaches the, the ends of our understanding, Lord, you continue, and um, that, what, that's 
just definitely a reason it makes you worthy of the praise. It's because you're beyond us. Mm -hmm. um, you're beyond our understanding, and we're happy for that, Lord. So, Lord, where we need humble, humble us. Mm -hmm. Where we need encourage, encourage us by your Spirit. We just pray your blessing over this place and these people as we go forth. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the sermon podcast of Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. If you would like more information about the church, its ministries, its worship services, or its small groups, please visit ccmercer.com or download the church app to your phone.